0: You've hit like everyone's soft spot on (laughs) the show. You sound like the ultimate specimen.
1: (laughs) The ultimate nerd life form.
0: Nerd on. What is, everyone? Welcome to Nerd on the Podcast. You didn't need, but you deserve where all levels of nerd are welcome. All yeah, of you them. are. Every single one.
2: Every single one.
0: Today! Right, Tom? Is that how I'm doing it? Today, uh, we bring more audio files and nerdy folk to the party and talk about a particular aspect in video games. If you're familiar with the show, you've definitely, if not just recently, heard us talk about Odyssey and how we swear by them, because we do. We do. We uh, well, in an RS episode style, we are bringing in Jaron and Grover from Odyssey, and we're going to be talking about music and sound design in video games. Oh, hey, before yeah. we get too deep into it, I'm Corey. I'm Tom.
3: I'm Caitlin. Wow, this intro <laughs> was
2: so dark.
3: That got so slow. Yeah. <laughs>
2: no. I'm Josh, and this episode is brought to you in part by the members of the NerdOn Nation. That is powered by Patreon.
0: Patreon.
4: Patreon.
2: As oh. a member of the NerdOn Nation, you do get fun perks. Like you get early access to these episodes. You get bonus episodes that nobody else hears. You get access to secret, secret channels on our Discord server that are only accessed by you and other NerdOn Nation members. It's it's a They're fun secret. time over there. They're secret, secret. Um, and also you get what we call the NerdOn Nudge on our other weekly show, the NerdOn Update, in which we answer your questions. First. And um we're really close to a goal over there. Once we reach mm-hmm. 60 members of the Nerdon Nation, the Nerdon Nation gets to pick a topic of one That's of our right. episodes. Can you believe that? So even gonna, my hero gonna,
0: season four. <laughs>
3: they're gonna pick La La Land. Or oh, hot, rod. Rod. hot rod. Not that one though. Or Greece. <laughs> Not that one, though.
2: Um, and <laughs> A huge shout out to our partners in crime, uh, Apogee and Odyssey. Uh, Apogee have <gasps> equipped us with their hype mic. the ultimate podcasting microphone. Refer to our live Truth. show for the reference that was. Uh, it's an amazing microphone. You can use it across the board uh, Mac, PC, uh, mobile devices. It's awesome. Check it out. Pretty we good. use it on all of our stuff, our episodes, our streams. Check it out. And it. this one is special. Shout out to Odyssey because they are here with us today. Mm -hmm. Um, We swear by them. We have since the beginning. uh, What's my saying, Josh? The saying that is official that Odyssey, you guys have accepted. If your ears were mouths, they'd taste like butter.
5: They're so good. They're wonderful. It's canonical. It's canonical. (laughs) Harry Goldfather. And it would be, yeah, it would be like Golds or something. Yes. Oh, my God.
3: I used that this morning. (laughs)
2: Um, But, yeah, uh, you can also use our link, uh, nerdon.tv backslash odyssey, to uh, support the show and shop at the same time. And if you use the promo code nerdon10, exclamation point, you can get 10% off your order. It's valid one use and not valid on promotional items. Uh, promotion, yeah, promotional things. Um, and it's valid on LCD ones, uh, Mobius, and the LCD GX. Uh, so check that out. It's all on our partners page on our website. But I think that is a wonderful segue. Segue you. Segue seg-u? seg-u. I know it's segue, but we always say segue. Uh, segue. Into. It's I from know. the Crusaders. <laughs> Uh we are joined by Grover and Jaron from Odyssey. Uh Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Uh welcome, hello. Really coming, bienvenue. Welcome. Uh really excited to have you guys on the show and introduce our audience to you and you to our audience. Um before we get too far into it, uh some introductions. Yeah?
3: Are in order.
5: Yeah, I think so. Yes. Uh, Let the people know who you are. (laughs) Um,
3: (laughs) Sound effects you. you. (laughs) Uh,
5: My name's Grover. Uh, I'm from Odyssey. Uh, I'm sort of the content monkey. Uh, All the video, social posts, photography stuff, all that kind of stuff that you guys see um, across our channels, YouTube, Twitch, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook uh, is my wheelhouse. So, um, Is that the official title? Content Monkey. Yes, Content Monkey. Okay, cool, the cool, cool. There's a whole zodiac uh, designated, yeah, designated, yeah, designated Content Monkey. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, my background is in music. I went to Oberlin Conservatory, studied music, creative writing. Um, wow. I'm a musician, artist. I've done acting. I've done you know, composing for film, games. That's kind of all my art. Art stuff is is what I like. So uh, that's all kind of in my wheelhouse. Um, I've been working in the hi-fi arena for several years now um as well as entertainment and uh yeah i'm super excited to be here thank you guys for having me
1: yeah, cool. yeah coming on
5: super glad to have you jaron
6: yeah so uh jaron marketing director for odyssey um <laughs> background also in music i uh, went to fullerton junior college and then uh cal state long beach for my bachelor's in jazz performance and uh Ooh. but uh composition's always been my my preference so uh you know, that's kind of been my creative outlet. It remains uh, so to this day. So I do some composing for video games and stuff like that on the side. And uh, yeah, nice. That's Your that's side hustle, hustle
2: is yeah, <laughs> composing <side> hustle, exactly. <laughs> that's awesome, both of you guys. Um, how's how's everything been going?
6: Like uh, quarantine life for you guys. Well, uh, you know. I've enjoyed working from home. So, you know, for me, it wasn't too much of a transition, uh, actually, because I've spent most of my life being a homebody anyway, right? So, you know, getting used to doing work on the computer, it's just, well, I'm talking to people on Skype, which is a fairly normal thing for me anyway, because that's how I talk to most of my friends. So, (laughs) you know, at least from a work perspective, it's been a fairly smooth transition, I think. Nice. Nice. Um, I have worked from home
5: for pretty much, uh, I think I maybe had one job one or two jobs where I didn't work from home, but they were very small part-time things. So all mm-hmm. my full-time employment has been remote work. Um, wow. Uh, so I was in LA doing remote work uh, even before I worked for Odyssey. Um, so that was an interesting thing, job transition during the pandemic. But, yeah. Um, uh, it's been it's been good. It's been a little weird since I was a relative newbie to LA when things shut down. So
4: mm-hmm.
5: um, I saw, I got a couple months of ton just going out every day, seeing cool stuff every night. And then uh, I've been kind of quietly Just cut off to, yeah i've been trying to try <laughs> welcome to, you know, to la yeah, <laughs> <Hello>. hi <laughs> it's it's all it's not it's not so bad though um it's uh it's definitely still been i'm still meeting people you know online and and uh, trying to you know network as best i can and and, and dr- take drives or or walks uh around places um in a very covid nice. safe manner yeah. um so yeah it's still kind of all new. Um, I'm, I'm anxious for things to open up to, to, you know, be able to see all the cool stuff that's here. That sure, I haven't yeah. gotten to see yet. Um, but it's not so bad. I, I was definitely feeling some burnout at the end of last year. Um, I was freelance when I moved to L.A. and I was just working crazy hours. Um, so slightly yeah. less crazy hours now. Um, and just doing little things to uh, kind of get back on the bandwagon and uh, return to, to making art in my free time because I haven't done that for a couple months um, but yeah, just, you know, cooking, Always good. getting up in the morning, putting on real clothes. <laughs> <laughs> the Basics. The basics. Some sort of structure. Yeah, some sort of structure. Yeah, it's time to return.
0: Yeah, to, my uh, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day on, on uh, we did this like six feet apart park uh, hangout and all of a sudden we were just sitting there drinking coffee and all of a sudden he goes you remember Hugs? and I was like oh no. <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow that oh got no. dark really fast <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie and I, I will I like. sometimes go do you remember movie theaters? do you remember uh, going concept? out do you remember <laughs> that thing <laughs> yeah. like,
1: we're hugs. making it work saying. you guys we're making it work do you remember
3: being broody in a diner like barely filled with people at two in the morning, eating chicken strips and thinking about life.
1: You mean my college experience? (laughs) I was going to say, do you mean cast parties? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I remember haircuts. (laughs) (laughs) That's for me. Uh, Um,
0: (laughs) Singing La Vivo M as a part of that, then yeah, I remember all of it.
1: (laughs) Um, But before we get into the uh, marquee topic, I kind of want to bring it back to uh, Jaron and Grover. Uh, It's very customary that our... Guests that we are so happy to have on our show turn the clocks back a little bit and and kind of go into what was their kind of their their baby seed that grew into this giant tree of nerddom. We all kind right. of had our start, whether it was a film, a b- movie, a video game, or even a piece of music. So, what kind mm-hmm. of got you started in and yeah. uh, Jaren, we, define,
0: would, we define nerddom here as anything you're passionate about, it doesn't yeah. have to be a specific like what got you into comics, but whatever it is, yeah.
6: German? man um well that's a tough one i think it was Good. it was video games i mean video games was definitely the gateway uh drug for me and dumb, <laughs> for sure yeah mm-hmm. the, um, the first console was an nes that we had actually no, that's, that's a lie actually we had an atari so we had an atari oh, uh, nice. and my brother and i would play and that was great and um then nes and then the nes died in a flood actually because we didn't used <gasps> oh. to roll our controllers up right and so our washing machine broke and flooded the whole oh. uh, first floor of the house and you know we didn't know because my brother and i were, were fairly young right so we we turned the uh the nes on after that and it just fried the thing so then it was sega uh character. Got a sega Builds genesis character. yeah 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 uh, then sega cd and then they released sega Saturn, and I stopped being a sega customer i think <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh my
4: god
6: yeah and then that sort of transition i think from there it was playstation and playstation is yeah. really what did it because that's where um the final fantasy, like seven, eight, nine. The Those final were the, uh, yeah. Speaking of Josh's haters, heart I mean, right there. Yeah. My yeah, people. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, after that, I know mean, that, that's pretty much it. And, uh, in terms of, you know, musical music, it, it runs in the family, but, uh, as far as musical influences go, I think, reality is that uh i wasn't exposed to a whole lot of music where i grew up i mean i was exposed to you know folk music and, and various things um through my dad and my parents and stuff like that but um in terms of you know mainstream pop not really getting exposed to much so a lot of the uh the artistic influence just came from video game soundtracks for better or for worse so uh that's why my compositions tend to be as uh, a manic as they are because i'm sitting here <laughs> going to listen to old jrpg soundtracks now and just like oh there's just a lot of different chunks here no wonder <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, (laughs) Mm. Yeah.
5: Grover. Um, It all started when I was a small (laughs) child. I was born. I was unexpected. I'm kidding. Um, Although I was not (laughs) that far off. I was going to say I was. (laughs) Um, I was. I was. I was unexpected. Um, But uh, oopsie babies. Yes. Yes. Um, So not that far off from that event. Actually, I think I was probably not more than six or seven months old. Um, and my dad had, uh, I think it was like a hockey game. He played on like a Dreamcast or something like that. And I, of course, saw him and as a young child would crawl over and try and, you know, tap the buttons on the controller because that's what mm-hmm. I saw my you know dad doing. And uh, that was sort of the beginning of the end for me. I was less <laughs> than a year old. I was, I think, nine months old. And I sort of finally got the hang of like, Pressing How the buttons. Did I didn't know them? what they did. So my dad would always get mad and be like, he always gets the guy stuck in the corner and I can't let him play games with He's too <laughs> young to understand. My mom was like, You're an idiot. Just <laughs> like unplug the controller and let him tap on it and let him kind of. That's what imitate, I let my little right? sister do. Right. <laughs> play the Aladdin and so, game and I was like, You're a boo. And he just, you're yeah, <laughs> yeah. fine. And, uh, and so then, you know, I got a uh, Fast forward a couple months, I got o- about old enough to um, figure out that the controller wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. So I would kind of try and plug it in. So he would take it and he would plug it in halfway. And then I would be happily tapping along. And then by the time <laughs> I was old enough to figure out, I was like maybe two and a half wow. or maybe three, that the controller wasn't plugged in all the way. I was old enough to plug it in and finally figure <laughs> out how to play the game and like not get stuck in the corner.
4: Mm-hmm. Right. So, um,
5: so I was like two or three and I was already bonding with my dad over video games. Aww. Sweet. And uh, I remember distinctly a couple milestones. One was Final Fantasy VII, which I would always watch my dad play. Josh is just
3: dying right now. Welcome to the Final Fantasy VII
5: episode, (laughs) y'all. When I got old enough to play it myself, I would always be like, Dad, Dad, come read me the subtitles because I couldn't read yet, right? And finally, one day, he was like, I'm kind of tired of reading the subtitles. Like, why don't you figure out how to read for yourself? And I lost it. I lost it. Through a fit, it was awful. Um, oh no, and I like I never cried I don't as a kid. Read. And I was like, You got college my, at a very early age. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I got I got I had a meltdown, and then I went and I learned how to read. And so, Final Fantasy VII was kind of why I learned, learned to read. To read. Um, <laughs> and uh, and after that, it was, it was all over. I remember, um, for me, one of the big things was um, the Spyro soundtrack. I don't oh know if you remember, God, but so on PlayStation good. One, they had that game. Disc that had all the extras and part mm-hmm. of the I can't remember what it's called, it's a like Game Force or Game Sync or something like that. It was kind of an mm-hmm. extras disc, mm-hmm. and they had a little six minute maybe max blurb about Stuart Copeland um, from the police and how he made the the soundtracks for the original Spy of the Dragons. And if you watch it, it's kind of funny now, but because it was I think late '90s, and he's sitting with an old like you know, Windows 95 machine, if that. Yeah. And he's got, like, a really early version of, of like, Pro Tools or some MIDI composer, and he's got his little keyboard, and he's tapping in notes, and he's composing, you know, the soundtrack to Spiral the Dragon. Oh, my God, And talking I love about this. the process and all that sort of stuff. And I didn't really realize that was a huge influence, but, like, I've always loved those soundtracks. Those are very so kind of foundational for me. Um, and... That was, you know, that that has always been a huge influence, and it also was something. It didn't just introduce me to game soundtracks and Spyros music and, and Final Fantasies music and all sort of stuff. It also introduced me to the police, right? And, mm. and I was interested in, you know, my dad was like, "That's Stuart Copeland." I was like, "Who's Stuart Copeland?" And he goes and he puts on Synchronicity Two, right? And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, this is super cool." Let rude, me teach right? you this something, is super son. Cool. <laughs> he was like, "Let yeah. me teach you something, youngster." Um, <laughs> and uh, so that was a way that I got into hi-fi actually, because my dad was an audiophile and he had big Vandersteens and. Oh. like dedicated speakers you know Josh so then just he passed showed me out. how to fiddle with the uh with the hi-fi system right so it was it was like video games and music and hi-fi and all this stuff all kind of was in the same world um and that was sort of how i got introduced to that uh and then i'm also like a massive weeb because my mom is asian oh, yeah. and there was a ton of anime as i'm an only child at anime. home in the you know early 2000s <laughs> and i have you know a slow, but you hit inner, like inner everyone's soft spot on the <laughs> You show, sound like by the anyway. ultimate yeah, specimen. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. The
1: ultimate yeah. nerd life form.
0: We
2: need to save him in a tube. <laughs>
0: like you, you hit Spyro, you hit Final Fantasy, you hit anime, you hit dad bonding time. Like this is you've hit everyone's like. Dead stuff. Yeah. yeah.
5: So so that's you. Know, that's me. I'm just I'm just like a bundle of perfect. Like early like 2008. I remember as being like a peak. That's like the year that it was crystallized as the year that I remember. Like, the first year where you realize there's more world other than just you as a kid. Mm. Some people don't know that still. 2000, that's true. Um, For me, 2008 was, I was like, oh, whoa. There's like a big world out there. And it was because of things like YouTube and like early video games and anime on sketchy websites. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) You know, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that's like, those are my roots. Like, when I'm feeling bad, I can go back and play those old games or I can go back and watch like, Anime or that I love, or or you know, play video games, or th- that's like my speed dial happy zone. Warm, <laughs> that's my warm bath sauna space. Um, cool. What's your so favorite? You anime? the controllers up then. Yeah. What's yeah. your favorite anime? Um, well, I don't know. That's a tough one. Um,
4: There's a lot I've of been anime.
5: There's a lot of anime, and I've consumed an enormous amount of it. Um, a lot. I will say, my f- current what I've been currently watching. Uh, is uh that one time I got reincarnated as a slime, a slime. I knew it was going to be a long name one <laughs> really really wholesome I was not expecting it to be wholesome I I thought it was going to be really stupid and goofy but it's actually really kind of sweet in a yeah. way um I've a also trend been
4: right
5: yeah. yeah, I've also been watching Overlord which is uh. kind of like a darker version of the same anime but also is sort of strangely wholesome in certain mm-hmm. ways um, <laughs> dark and wholesome and uh, I've also I've been on wholesome animes I feel like covid is like I can't watch anything dark right now you know um so no death note. So no Death note, yeah. Um <laughs> I I've been
0: rewatching Kenjin. It's literally just
5: uh, oh gosh. Com- comfy or like Van Helsing or something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, Nothing but a redemption story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I killed millions. <laughs> um I ha- I did find this cute one shot of like 8 episodes called um uh How to Keep a Mummy, which is oh, like
3: Oh, the little tiny And he's got
5: like this Yeah, it's uh, his his dad always sends him like these horrible monsters from abroad cuz his dad's like this like mystical archaeologist and one time he sends him this big coffin he's like there's a mummy in it and he's like oh god it's gonna eat me or suck my blood or something like that and then it turns out to be this little like hamster mummy and it's like really Aww. chibi cute and it's so just we need a funko of it yeah.
3: it's yeah no, yeah there should be yeah, a funko pop maybe of it. Um, no. <sighs>
5: conflicted but uh, <laughs> yeah and then later on you know went to music school and and did uh, lots of performance and write music for you know various things and and do that and all mm-hmm. sorts of things
3: nice stuff and things and stuff the rest i think that's really cool
5: that you kind
1: of like were able to find video game music and then kind of have it expand to the outside because i think you know there's a divide sometimes where people kind of like well video games are one thing and then they kind of don't see like kind of what you've experienced where you know there there are musicians who like get you know hired to be on these video games and then they kind of like again still tell wonderful storytelling and that's what the kind of beauty with art is. Like, it's transcendent. It doesn't have to stay within one particular mm-hmm. medium. Yeah. Um, so, like— I think
5: I'm kind of to your point, too. I don't want to jump the gun on this because I know we're going to talk about it more later. But for me, it's kind of flipped from what how it was for most people because I grew up, one, in a very international family. So I was exposed to a lot of music from around the world, not just, like, Western pop music wasn't really my home base. It wasn't actually something I really heard a lot of until, like, middle school or high school. Um, when it was in, you know, being played at, like, school functions and things like that. Mm. And so for me, like, video game music and music from, you know, Asia or music from, you know, South America or other countries um, was, like, actually a lot of kind of stuff that I listened to, um, partially because just a diverse family background. And then also video game music was, like, the first thing that I kind of got hooked on. And then listened to maybe more typical mainstream music industry music. Oh, wow. Um, and so for, for me, that equation was always, like, backwards. Like, it was it was always very free. And then it was like, oh, there's, like, that sounds like this thing from this video game. And someone's like, no, that's salsa music. That's like, that's, that's the OG, right? So so it's always kind of funny Oh, honey, to because, you're so yeah, cute. Yeah, yeah. I'm like such a, you know, Gen Z, like, empty, sweet do, do it in you
3: know? reverse. Um, I, I mean,
1: I, I would say, like, for me, my first ever album, like, I ever bought with my own money was Mortal Kombat. And it was oh, because, yeah. like, oh, it yeah. has, like, that high Tempoed like it sounds like it could be from a video game, but it was in a movie, and it was just toasty. like <laughs> they could be both.
5: They could be my, both. I went to this, I went to school with the guy. Uh his daughter was one of my um his daughter was one of my uh uh school co- college friends, and mm. her dad was the one who had done all the music for Mortal Kombat, and he was the toasty guy <gasps> the toasty oh! thing. That's huge. And uh yeah, he was really cool. Uh and he um uh He's really nice. He actually he was uh he offered me a job at um what's the studio called in Chicago uh that does all the Mortal Kombat games? Um, Netherrealm? Netherrealm, yeah. Yeah. He he's still at Netherrealm. Wow. He does a lot of pinball like and slot machine oh. soundtracks too, oh. which I didn't realize. He's like he's got a corner like if you hear music on pinball machines, slot machines, anything like yes, that like pinball he's, machines. he's done it.
0: Pinball yeah. machines.
5: He's like the dude um Forden, Dan Forden. Um
1: huh. That's a big deal.
5: So, nice Um dude.
1: So now now that all the the formality and ceremony has kind of uh, been handled, thank you very much, uh, Jaron and Grover, for those. Uh, we kind of want to go like a little bit round robin, a little bit of like what and how video game sound design and music have affected our experiences and gameplay. And you know how does it amplify the story or how does it create an emotional impact on us? So uh, who wants to go first? I could.
0: I, I, mean, okay. I could I mean I could I mean for me not all at once <laughs> when when the when the I just didn't want to step on anybody's says when we when the, the idea of soundtracks came up for me uh, I've talked about this since our first episode Halo was one of the first games that really mm-hmm. got me like taking gaming more seriously like I had a Super Nintendo and I played you know we're, I can talk about sound cues all day from, from Nintendo 64 and stuff like that but when it came to soundtracks Halo was like one of the first ones that's that, that Stood out to me as something greater than, you know, uh, almost greater than the game itself. It's this, it's this thing that tells you, tells you how you should be feeling at any specific moment. That's when I started to understand what that was. I was like, Oh, I see, you know, and they got this, this amazing fight fight soundtrack where the guitar was i think it was steve Vai it was
5: steve from I, like
0: yeah. yeah from like white snake and stuff and yep. uh you know i think there's this wonderful clip you can watch of him him kind of playing that theme for the first time and it just opens up the whole game to something completely different and i remember playing that i was 11 or 12 when that game came out and just being like what is this this is amazing uh, and my buddies and I would like much, much like, uh, you know, any other CD, like you mentioned your first CD, Tom was Lincoln park. I mean, was, was, uh, was, was that mine was Lincoln park and then the <laughs> halo soundtrack, my hybrid theory was the first CD I ever bought. And then I bought the halo soundtrack after that. Cause I was like, this is, I have to have this forever.
1: Uh, and um, we would just
0: put that on no matter what game we were playing. We're like, we should put on the halo. Soundtrack.
1: I do. I do also like that in the halo menu, at least for me, the most memorable is like in two oh. or three in the, uh, and I was just like, this, you know, like a game that's a first-person shooter and you're killing aliens and stuff like that. Like you would think it'd be like dun, dun, dun the, the the battle music, but it's like it kind of invites you to think like this is there's lore behind you. There, mm-hmm. there's a there's a world and thought behind it, other than just the feeling of like
0: it's very pure cinematic journalism. music. Yeah, you know, which for me that I mean it's it's in a lot of games, but for me that was the first time I had heard something that cinematic in in a game. Um, you know, Nintendo has some
5: great music as well, but that was it was another level for me. With Halo. It was serious too, right? Like mm-hmm. It was like it was like fusion music. It was kind of stuff that nobody had it was a little unusual. Like Gregorian Chant Enya and like stuff yeah. like that. It was kind of like <laughs> it was a little out at that point. And it was like people hadn't heard Gregorian chant or like guitars with orchestral stuff in yeah. video games at that point. It was it was very artistic. And and I think most people thought, you know, video games at that point were like bleep bloop, eight bit, you know, yeah. tri- <laughs> like trivial. Yeah. And Halo yeah. was not trivial. There's nothing trivial about Halo when it came out. I'm
1: living mm. for the the terminology you're bringing in. i completely <laughs> <blooping> for this. <laughs> well, like, because, like, you could go back, like,
0: Pokemon Red, like, I can still sing every single town from that, from that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Bum, bum, bum uh, Or the, you know, the dun, dun. Dun, 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 lavender dun, dun, town. Uh, uh, but like, it, yeah, it was just this, it was exactly like you said. It was this fusion of like hearing the orchestra come in and then all of a sudden this electric guitar solo comes in over it and you're like, huh, I didn't know you could do that.
5: It <laughs> <laughs> was a mind blowing moment. I, I remember as well. Yeah, People skipped school. Like I was in elementary school and like middle school when those games came out and people, I was like, I remember it was like, oh, Halo, you know, Halo 3 came out and I was in like, Sixth grade or something like that. Yeah, and it was like my back hurts. Why is oh, I for sure skipped school gone? for Halo
0: two and Halo three. Yeah,
1: <gasps>
5: you were Okoye from uh, Black Panther,
1: just without question. <laughs> <I'll skip school>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, no doubt. Uh, Kaylin, Josh, hey, dang.
3: I go. Uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I go. I go. Um, so for me, it, it was less of because I was very into movie soundtracks. But for me, when I think of video game and sound design. I think of like specific things like the, core- uh, the choreo, Mario coin yes. like sound. Um, things <laughs> like uh, when or you walk into uh, um, one of the the levels where the camera moves, or you'd like walk into Bowser's castle and you've got that. <laughs> brib- brib- brib-
4: brib. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Like you know exactly what you're in for at every moment. And there there's so many of those satisfying thematic. Yeah. Thematic moments in just a tiny sound bite that puts you in a frame of mind of what you're about to expect. Oh, and I yeah. gotta, as much as they like freak me the heck out, scary games, y'all. So good. So good. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But like you hear a single like drip in the background. Oh yeah. They're very specific when they do put in sound. Um the music like,
0: cues in that are super everything I mean, I, one it. that comes to mind is Alien Isolation. No. Uh, with their sound
3: cues.
0: Uh, <laughs> no. I think it's the, mo- the monitor. Uh, <gasps> it's terrifying. Because you're just, just like, it's, it's here.
3: It's here. Yeah. I it. and, and I love how it, in a single sound bite, you can get a whole feeling. Like the Lavender Town, you've got three notes or four notes, and you know, oh. like, the year it is, oh. you're feeling about when you're playing it. Um, what you're about to face, if you're there, like, so much thought goes into that stuff and I feel like it's almost gets looked over or it's just not talked about as often. Um, but it's such a big part of the whole experience. Mm-hmm. So, that's kind of my two cents is the little, the mole, mole on the back of the neck.
2: Mm. It's
0: you the mole the on the back of the it's neck. The high, she likes to hype The focus.
3: details.
5: Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh I, I want to hear from our guest, Grover
6: or Jerry. Yeah. Jaron, do you want to take this one? Sure. Um, Yeah, you know, it's it's hard to know where to start with it. Really, I mean, my my opinion on soundtracks is frankly that they're really just as important as any other other factor in terms of establishing a setting or you know whatever it happens to be. Whether it's designed to you know cue you into some specific function in the game that you're supposed to be mindful of, or just to establish that setting and, and that sort of thing. And and as Caitlin was saying, for me music always carries some sort of imprint with it, right? Like I always, you know, I'll listen to an album in a certain place in my life. And then for the rest of my life, if I ever listen to that album again, it has that same kind of feeling to it. And I can remember where I was or what was going on at that time. And it's the same thing for, you know, for video game soundtracks. I think, um, you know, this is uh, one of the most unique ones, I think that still stands out for me is uh, Chrono. uh, Chrono chrono Trigger? So so yeah, so I missed Chrono Trigger when it came out. So I played it much later and, love it it's a timeless game right but right, right. the chrono cross soundtrack uh, yes. that is just sort of solidified in my mind so anytime um like a go okay so here's a here's a story Oh little anecdote yeah so my wife and i we got engaged in mexico in tulum shout out to her. Um, yes yes she's also an <laughs> audio engineer she's uh currently staining a wooden coaster at her oh. dad's house but oh. um so yeah so um it's funny but uh, you know we went to is this like airbnb that we stayed at down there and so you know private beach with you know, it was, like, the one area beach that had the trash cleared off of it and you look left or right and it's just like a mountain and mountain of, of plastic bottles but that aside the point here is <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know the the uh the house itself had like that kind of white almost sandstone looking sort of architecture and materials that it used, and just the chrono cross soundtrack just instantly popped into my head and it's just because you know, that whole game that whole sort of tropical setting that that game had um for whatever reason i think just the age i was when i played it it must have been but now that type of setting is just interlinked with that soundtrack for me so even in mexico i even i even told told my wife at the times like yeah you know this is what uh, it's making me think of so <laughs> um you know and so, sure enough when it came time to um to write some music for the you know one of my own projects and Uh, in that type of setting that was the first inspiration that i thought of so so again for me i I think um you know music just has such a critical role to play in storytelling in world building whatever you know pick a function Uh, and i agree you know caitlin it's like does it get talked about enough i don't know i mean it everybody has their own way of processing audio and 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 you know their own importance that they assign to it but um whether you're cognizant of it or not i think it affects everybody Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I
2: mean, it's like uh, Caitlin, what you're—the concept that you're talking about—that I know it from a post-production <laughs> standpoint is signature sounds. Signature yes. sounds are like it's like for me. Uh, I'll go next, just because this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. One of my first, one of my main experiences with music and sound design within gaming, and it's already been mentioned. My my go-to game, Final Victory Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy yeah. VII. Uh, the soundtrack to that is the first experience in my life where the soundtrack was it was just it was like that immediate like when I could download music it's one of the first things that I could I would download. Like it was just like having lime that wire? sound. Yeah <laughs> lime lime wire. Lime wire, lime wire. Lime or whatever
4: redacted
2: yeah <laughs> um redacted. Um so it was that soundtrack. I mean like the one winged angel the boss the boss uh, music <rils singing> like anytime I get into a boss fight on any game it doesn't matter what genre <laughs> I think that in my that. head of like yeah here you, we go you, you you watched Advent Children
1: right yeah remember there are three their ringtone on their Razer phone was the the victory. <laughs> was yeah. the
5: victory thing. And <laughs> I was like, what a
1: Easter. I was like, wow, they yeah. really
5: did that.
2: <laughs> But, I mean, from a sound design standpoint and, like, a signature stam- standpoint, uh, the menu sounds. The blink,
3: blink, mm-hmm. blink. Oh, blink. yeah. It's like,
2: I, when I hear that, I'm like, that's Final Fantasy. That's like, yeah. and it's, I love that Final Fantasy, they tend to, it's almost like Easter <clears throat> eggs throughout the series where it's like, you hear it throughout the games where you're
0: it's like, like the vats sound in Fallout.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yes. In
0: um, Fallout 3, that vats like. like no, oh, you're, you're totally right I there. love that so we've it.
3: all made essentially the same sound, but we know exactly what sound we're actually yeah. talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah.
6: What were you saying, Wee! Jaren? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I just, you know, you're, you're talking about all the Easter eggs in the Final Fantasy. I mean, they, obviously, they own the IP, right? So yeah. it's one of the great things about playing. Like, I play Final Fantasy 14 still, and that that is loaded with Easter eggs, Me right? Me too. Josh loaded just started them. playing it. Yeah. I just got to some, I, like, I'm getting caught up, right? I used to play it a lot and, and had a long hiatus. And I finally got to, uh, I forget forget what the area is called, but the Final Fantasy VIII world music mm-hmm. started to play. And I just kind of lost it. And I yeah. told my wife, hey, check this out. She's like, why? Do, why? I don't care. But I, say, <laughs> um, I didn't ask. I didn't ask for this.
2: Um, <laughs> no, my wife's the same way. I'll be like, this is so cool. And she's like, that's sweet. That's cool.
0: That's nice. I'm That's happy.
3: really nice that,
2: that you have that for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing is, like, um, like well, you modern something. modern examples is when the two. The thing about music, just in general, is that the creative gamut has expanded so much that music can now include sound design. So, like, one game that I think about in recent years is days gone it's a uh, post apocalyptic zombie survival game and that music it, it really like like we've talked about accentuates the mood like you have you're running from a horde of zombies and they have this really intense music but they also have creepy sound effects that are within the soundtrack that you're like and it's just uh exacerbating the tenseness that you're already feeling and um it's just it's it's so cool the the way that i mean we talked about it like with the lord of the rings of like how the music establishes like you know where you're at you know where you're supposed to what you're supposed to feel and um but yeah it's uh my my very but i my crowning thing will always be final fantasy 7 it will always be the yep Jonathan. that is on the greatest hits <laughs> my my shelf yep. of life is right
3: there <laughs> <laughs> uh so about, i oh sorry go ahead, go ahead, a, a question i have for grover and jaren since you both have done composing is when you are composing for a video game something like that how do you decide what to do <laughs>
6: Mm, that's a that's a big question everybody's gonna have a different answer to that of course you just basically said
3: how do you
0: compose
6: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean well like no but it's a it's a valid question right like i was in music school and they'd bring guest composers and we'd ask them that same question and they'd say the same thing like well it depends on what i want to do right like some people will start with a melody some people will start with a harmony some people will have some sort of rhythmic motif in mind or whatever it happens to be there's some sort of inspiration whether it's a musical aspect or whether it's something else entirely right like it could be a visual thing um for me and i you know i i'm a weird composer right like i'm not uh, not a big into orchestra music right i don't uh you know it's been a long time since i've written a score at all but um for me to start i at this point just start playing with sounds that's a huge one for me is just sort of getting my sonic palette figured out uh and sonic
3: and, palette i like yeah
6: uh, so you know, it depends. Sometimes it'll, it'll be like, a, okay, I like this bass synth a lot and that's, I'm going to do something with that and, you know, whatever. It might be a melody, it might be a bass line, it might be even just a groove. Um, but having the, the sounds figured out, I think, is my first step, right? Because I need to know what world the track is going to live in um, more so than it's like a specific melody or, or anything like that. Hmm. I would say, uh, and there's I find that there's generally two...
5: Sort of broad processes that I see um, game composers kind of fit into, uh, and this goes somewhat for movie composers. Although movie composing is is quite a bit different than game composing, because in game composing you have basically a chunk of of music, and it used to be they said we only have this much disc space for this. Right? Of, of, <laughs> right.
4: Oh my music, <laughs> gosh! Yeah.
5: Which was kind of a. It was like you get two minutes, and it has it can't be more than a certain number of instruments, and you know all that kind of stuff. Nowadays, generally, it's like all right. We have this much space. We want a five-minute loop or a 10-minute loop or whatever it is, right? But it's got to be a loop. It's got to be something that can play over and over again. And
4: you and can do some things to crazy.
5: transform. right? you can transform it. You can assign music to different things and things like that if, if the game designer wants to work with you to do that. But it's much more integrated. And yet it's also very um, it's – it's got to be something that you can hear over and over again. It's got to be very repetitive, in a way that doesn't get boring. Film music will say, all right, we need basically 30 minutes of music and it has to hit all these sync points. So you write a suite and then you break up the suite and you stretch it to fit all the different parts of the movie. Mm -hmm. And so with film music, it's a little bit less custom usually. Like most film scorers are not writing music when they write music for a film. They don't start by writing music for every scene. They start by writing like 10 themes and then they break up those themes and fit them into chunks that say, all right, we need a drum hit when the hero rolls off the train or whatever, or punches an enemy, right? That's a thing that has to happen. In video games, there's a bit more freedom. And so what I generally see is either people playing with sounds, just Sonic, just playing around just to see what fits. And um, then I also see, uh, and this is something that I tend to do, is uh, playing the game and then playing your, your chosen instrument and kind of getting a feel for how that expresses it. I'm a really... Um, experienced keyboardist, Like mm-hmm. that's my main instrument is keyboard and vocals. And so I will sit down and I'll play the game a bunch and just see how I feel like, with no sound, see how I feel. Um, maybe I'll put on music that I like in the background, see what fits, like what's a sonic texture that fits and think about the movement of the game. So um, if I'm playing, uh, you know, some kind of, like say I'm playing my, my keyboard um, and and with, you know, modern music production, right, you can load up any kind of instrument or synthesizer or anything. So I might load up a patch that I think kind of fits the texture of the game. With the Spyro soundtracks, I don't know if any of you are familiar with them, but... Kalen is. Kalen is the professor. Right? They're really groovy. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I noticed when I was watching, I go back and watch that Stuart Copeland video a ton because it's really, I learned so much from it. Spyro has this, in the intro, he like leaps kind of in this wavy way, right? Mm-hmm. And that bass line that Stuart Copeland came up with, ba dum, ga right? And then he's like, ga dum, junk, kaunk, gaum, right? It's this groove that goes with the groove of how Spyro moves. Mm-hmm. Like it, it fits the movement of the main character. It makes you kind of feel like he's moving more dynamically than you know that sixteen-bit pixel monster actually looks like. <laughs> <a> game, <right? laughs> yep. um, and so I look for that a lot in games. Like, there's many different things that you can derail. Like. Um, obviously, there's light motifs like in like in Star Wars or, or Lord of the Rings, right? Where you have a character come on screen and they have a theme, and that theme needs to play and it needs to embody the character. That's kind of you know what that does, right? There's there's elements where like it needs to set an atmosphere, right? Like Journey, the music in Journey does an amazing mm-hmm. job of setting this really expansive oh, yes. or Halo, so this really expansive open atmosphere that makes you feel like you're you know in Halo. It's thrilling and it's engaging and it's action in Journey. It's like relaxing and very tranquil and very mm-hmm. like open, mm-hmm. right? And it it mirrors the openness of this big open desert space. Um, So I'm always looking for that thing, right? Is the game, whatever the game's supposed to be, I'm trying to look for that that sound. That, exactly, right? That X factor that kind of mirrors what's going on. Or sometimes, like, uh, if you're familiar with Howard Shore's work on the David Cronenberg movies, what he did was not write music that cues to what's going on on screen, but kind of tricks you so mm-hmm. it's like here's an eerie theme but there's nothing eerie going on in screen but then something eerie will happen later yeah. right mm-hmm. and so the It'll music is is priming you in certain ways and sometimes Finding it tricks you it, yeah. it primes you for something that doesn't happen then you're like oh it didn't happen and then the monster jumps they, out Yeah, right they do and that so, so you get extra game like, like extra shock from that so I'm always looking for that. What is the artistic intent of this game? Is it an action game? Is it a fantasy game? Is it about exploration? Is it about you know excitement? Is it a horror game? What is it? And what is that musical seed that everything can grow out from? So if I find that that element that embodies, right, Spyro, like that groovy bass riff that mirrors how Spyro moves, once I find that, everything else fits into place. I just have to stack stuff on top of that. So from mm-hmm. that single seed, that single texture, whatever it is that's right, I just build everything out from there. Because Stuart Copeland again this was an inspiration for me right he could builds the baseline he's like yeah and the baseline kind of needs like a little something here to make it groove more right to to scoop a little bit more mm-hmm. so now he's got a little guitar thing that emphasizes the upbeats right and then he needs this little bell thing that kind of oh, the is bell thing. Yep. syncopated like ding 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 right it's <laughs> this weird like ping-pongy bell thing that's going on and that accentuates the baseline it like it goes up and down more it, it makes it you know it makes those peaks and those dips deeper and higher right and so all of a sudden puts more movement in it. And the game is all about movement. It's all about jumping and platforming and stuff like that, right? So I'm always looking for that seed that I can build the whole thing out. And if you layer things like that from a from a production standpoint, that's a great way to do video game music. And speaking to those old JRPG soundtracks, that's how they did it. They would start with a line or, or a riff, and they would put another riff, and they put another riff. And your ear can hear about three to four separate distinct rhythms going on at the same time before it, can't, before it just hears it as this cacophony. wall of crazy noise, which can be cool because some gaun- game soundtracks are cacophony and they feel it's like mm-hmm. there's this world of complexity and Chaos. JRPGs have this grinding <laughs> world of complexity, right? There's all this complexity going on and you want to feel like that. And so with video game soundtracks, I know a lot of composers who will build up like 40, 50, 60, 80, 100 layers oh. and I generally actually have three or four, but I can wow. get it to sound as complicated as something that has that many layers because I'm doing just distinct lines and then mm. I'll add in extra stuff later if I need to. But but that's kind of how my process works. No and way. it's fast, too, because you need to be fast. Right, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Gotta go, go fast. so much history. <laughs> Sonic! <thing. But> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, Sonic. And Sonic's a great example, right? Oh, it's just one Green riff. Hill's and then there's out. just a little bit of extra stuff here and there, and that's it. All mm-hmm. it is is just one instrument, and that's the basis of the Sonic soundtrack because you've everything you need to know. And yeah. I'm always looking to try and, what's the soul of the game? Get it in one riff, and then everything else is details. Once you've got that and that draws you in, sucks you in musically and, and sonically into the game. Sonic? Everything else is going to... Until you get exactly until you <laughs> Crush 40 and then they just like bring in this
1: rock and you're like, this this is different,
5: but,
3: you know, yep. hey, exactly. it's a Sonic now. <laughs>
5: exactly. So that's kind of my process. Um, I'm very into like the philosophy of art and like I could lots not of different tell that kinds <laughs> of music and things like that. <laughs> but I'm it's Sorry awesome. if that was a little abstract, but yeah. you a,
3: no. You've got I like, like a whole it. library of information in your head about it, which is awesome. Like it's almost like you're really nerdy about audio. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, full circle,
2: full circle. I mean, it's yeah. I, in audio school, they they always the teachers would always say that you know, the audio of something, whether it's a sound design, the the audio landscape uh, soundscape is 50% of the experience. And it's, it's amazing with modern gaming that we, um, I think it, it's really such like a blessing almost of like where we are now in technology and what we can experience. Like in the, the digital green room, um, Corey was talking about, this is a, uh, accidental uh, product placement or plug, but uh, Corey was talking about using the Mobius and playing oh, and yeah. gaming nowadays. Uh, yeah. And he was uh, like, mm-hmm. oh, whoa, like the experience of gaming, because that is a thing now. Like games come in 5.1 now. Mm-hmm. And you're like,
5: I'm sorry. What? I don't know <laughs> how, what I was doing before. Like that's how it feels. Yeah. I was like, oh, One of the most fascinating experiences kind of demonstrating that is if you've played the Halo Master Chief Collection... You yes, can that's press the only thing that correctly. One plays. button and it will switch between the old one and the new one. Mm-hmm. And it switches to the old sound design too, which is a totally fascinating to <laughs> way to compare the two. I've been playing a little bit of it on some of our Odyssey stream, and it's really cool because I have I have a controller and all you have to do is press the select button
0: yeah. on, the con- wow. on the controller.
5: And you can switch between the old one with the old sound design and old music. And I didn't the know new it changed the audio the new, too. It changes the audio too, and <sighs> it changes the spatialization so you can compare the two, and it's it's super cool. I did. Course, I played. Uh, I played
0: some right with the the Mobius ones on. I I'll be, I felt like I was I was cheating almost because I could hear footsteps on multiplayer coming up behind me. And they're like, "Where's he coming from?" I was like, "Behind us, guys. We gotta turn around." Yeah. They're like, "How'd you know?" And I was like, "Oh my god, am I cheating? Is this cheating?" Expanding I- <laughs> <laughs> it
4: your
1: your 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 yeah. experience.
3: It's 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 kind of like when you actually have really good audio quality coming in through your headphones. It's almost like pay to play a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you just oh, yeah. you just have that advantage because you can actually hear what they designed for you to hear. To the yeah. point of the game. Yeah. It's built yeah. in. <laughs> it's it's built in. But- yeah, and
1: I mean, I think that's the interesting thing, like just kind of thinking about video game and and then just particularly in the sound department. Like, I think there's uh, plenty of things that we can talk about that has like kind of again transcended through like meme culture, even like. The the you know Metal Gear Solid like alert has become like a oh, thing. Throws the box up. <laughs> yeah, like you always hear like the Mario going down like a tunnel kind of thing that everyone kind of knows what that means. And everybody kind
2: of like they they hear it. Mm-hmm. They they hear about they, like they're they read about
5: it or something like that, and then they hear it. And yeah, they, like yeah. finish There's him in World Combat. Uh, six years ago that had the We Fit music or the We Plaza the Wii oh, music. That has been just the montage. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to music.
3: remixes of that song <laughs> like for hours. Dun, 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 dun. Not I'm not saying <laughs> like dun, dun, dun. two hours. I'm saying I'll get stuck for a week listening to every remix that exists of oh, that yeah. song.
5: <laughs> and that's the thing that's again, that's something that so fascinates me about is it. like the music is very repetitive, but it's also something that you can listen to a million times and not get bored, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's that's always fascinated me.
4: No, yeah, I really yeah. like
1: how you were saying that like, you kind of had like a quote unquote, I guess, a, a different experience than like I guess general and massive people of like video game music came first, and then you kind of like saw like more of like, a, oh, okay, now I know what the mainstream yeah, is. You, where-
6: you know what though, you know what though, that's not as uncommon as you would think. I, that's uh, actually like, there's, there's but been my yeah. experiences too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and so some of the <laughs> so some of the the better jazz musicians, I mean, frankly, most of the people that I went to school with in the jazz department, I mean, a lot of them grew up playing games, right? So Mm -hmm. I know plenty of people whose primary artistic inspiration, whether they know it or not, is like Mm -hmm. Nobuo Yamatsu. It's like, it's the same soundtrack stuff. It's the same (laughs) approach. So you'll notice that in like a lot of modern jazz composition. I feel like if you take a look at like (laughs) Me Body or Snarky Puppy or any of these people. Yeah, I was going to say Snarky
5: Puppy or Kamasi Washington. His music sounds so inspired by like video game style composition to me
6: yeah hard hard not to be right i mean it's just you know i I, I don't know it's weird it'll be interesting to see how it evolves too right because it's uh, it's very riffy right it's like there's these really catchy riffs
5: mm -hmm. that form the core of everything rather than like oh we've got this melody and here's all the chords that go with it and here's the structure it's like here's this riff and everything evolves from this riff it's almost like minimalist music like john adams or steve reich or something like that like i heard the first time i heard steve reich was in high school and i was blown away it was like the like the roof blasted out and I was like what on earth this is like (laughs) the first time I've heard music that my band director has like played for me in like a formal music training setting that like I feel like is like it sounds totally like my home base of stuff and I I got really into minimalist music in uh, college (laughs) because of that but it was like it's incredibly repetitive and yet it's all about these tiny little nuances it by being simple and repetitive it draws you in to listen to Mm -hmm. the details of the sound more you you hone Mm -hmm. into it yeah and Which I, I think is part of why sound design works so well in video games, but that's another
1: topic. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, kind of thinking about, like, I I love the idea of, uh, in film, uh, Lars von Trier does the Dogma 99, I think that was yep, called, I forget. Yep. But, like, it's pretty much, you could only use, like, diegetic stuff. You could, you know, shoot it as if mm-hmm. it's realistic. There's no special effects, mm-hmm. X, X, Y, and Z. But it's like that restriction kind of breeds creativity, and I think that's just kind of, like, almost the, like... The cross to bear with, like, for, you know, the original video games where it was just, like, they oh, yeah. only had a certain amount of memory.
6: Yeah, like, two to four voices tops that they could play with, and they were limited to the sounds they could actually make on the chipsets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah.
1: But then it just kind of, like, you know, it, it just, like, created this this think tank, this this pressure that were, like, beautiful and, and memorable things that, you know, like, da 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 like, from Zelda just became a thing, and now, like... We have like these new Breath of the Wilds and all this stuff, where they have now like an orchestral version of it where it's like, wow, that's the same sound, but now, you know, if I have yeah. something that supports in 5.1, 7.1 mm-hmm. 3D audio, like same I with those Pokemon you... remakes, it's all the yeah. same, yeah, little yeah. notes, but you're like, all right, yeah. it's yeah. a whole <laughs> like band. Yeah. I hear how an evolution yeah. happens, yeah. or yeah, or like, oh, like to me, the bike music is like something like I also I
5: think, think what's interesting about those early video game soundtracks is that because they were limited by the textures and mm-hmm. the number of voices that they could have, there's an incredible amount of complexity packed into them. Like the Mario theme. right? It's like incredibly chromatic. It's mm-hmm. almost, they hit, uh, there's two or three notes that they leave out, but they hit almost every note in the 12-note Whoa. chromatic Western scale. And the harmony, if you hear there's a video of the original composer of that playing it on piano, and the way he harmonizes it is, like, absurdly complicated. It's, like, the most chromatic thing of all time. Because it's like... I think... Because it's right, because it's all 8-bit, and there's nothing complicated about it, but he throws in so much rhythmic complexity and so much tonal complexity, and I think video game music has really been inspired by that to, like, branch out, do unconventional, do crazy things that aren't constrained by, like, Guitars, drums, and you know whatever, right, or by yeah. orchestra, and you know because gaming is unlimited. like I mean, the 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 soundscape right,
6: doesn't right. have to be either.
5: Well,
6: and that's I one think, of the most liberating yeah. things I find about working in that medium specifically right like i pre- mm-hmm. vastly prefer it to doing something that's more static right like if you go to a, if you go to a movie or, or if, you know whatever it is a tv show something like that if, if there's an expectation like we want it to sound like this and you have way less freedom because you're mm-hmm. there to fulfill you know a specific function but with video right. games you just have so much more artistic yeah. freedom and the ability yeah. to blend different styles yeah. i think you know again the origins having a, you know something to do with that it's it, what's interesting to me is to think of like some of these big orchestral tracks right like you think of the final fantasy 7 soundtrack and you think of it as an orchestral soundtrack, but really it was an electronic soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, that's just how it was. And to see this evolution from these rudimentary quote unquote, you know, this, this base technology, and then to have that go of expand outward into, you know, live instruments and all this sort of thing, it, it causes you to approach the compositional process in a way that's just entirely, you know, different than people would have been able to in the past. And, you know, to your point, Tom, when you're talking about limitations being, you know, fuel for creativity, it's 100%, right. I mean, if you if you give yourself unlimited options, then it's very easy to get stuck, right? Mm-hmm. So but there's also no
5: endpoint, which I think is kind of interesting, right? The yeah. endpoint of film music for a long time was like big orchestral John Williams soundtrack. Mm-hmm. That's the highest mm-hmm. thing. And then there
1: was Nickelback. And then there will I be think... a hero will save us. But like <laughs> exactly in that sense, like video games now also will have like artists and do like here's the song, like. Like uh, I think of life is like strange. The Bond
5: song. Yeah, like, I was gonna say life yeah. is strange. Life is they strange. they amazing like. uh Jose Gonzalez. Yeah. Or Jose Gonzalez. Uh, soundtrack. Yeah. And,
3: Skyrim. And and, Skyrim. and then, yeah, you have
5: the God <laughs> of
1: War's and then the Skyrims. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that doesn't. Mean that the expectation for video games and the level of enjoyment and, mem- and 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 impact in our memories is is reserved for like either soundtrack or scores like Jaron you're talking about with film that expectations there like it could only be those two things it could be a fire soundtrack or a fire score where like yeah. video games you can have like the old school chip you know tune and all that stuff yeah. and you're like oh this is just as enjoyable.
6: Yeah, one, one of my favorite things to do is to blend that type of thing with the orchestral patches, right? No. Especially like the, you know one of the people that I work with because they you know they want orchestral music, right? But my whole thing is uh, I you know uh, working within the limitations of the tools that I have, right? And working with orchestral patches is a huge pain in the butt, especially on on my iMac. So um, you know I try to I try to limit it as much as possible. And it's but uh, you know just the the fact that I can just incorporate like let's say a chip tune whatever oh. like palette and then just transition that into a full orchestral section. Or, or whatever like take um, like a drum and bass type of a thing or a techno track and then blend that in together with a giant orchestral thing like it's the f- most fun thing for me to do is just blend weird combinations of whether it's orchestration differences or whether it's just uh you know feel and, and genre differences all within a single track uh, which again i don't i don't know what other medium allows you to do that in uh in the way that gaming does yeah have created-hmm like yeah it creates a new space have you new played octodad Oh, yeah. Mm,
4: Uh, I've watched a lot. Yeah,
5: (laughs) yeah. yeah. The menu music for Octodad is one of the weirdest things I've ever heard. It's like this funky whistling tune.
4: Yeah.
3: (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, yes.
5: (laughs) Right? And then underneath it, there's this harpsichord, and slowly the harpsichord just falls apart and goes totally atonal, like, and it's like it mirrors, right, the main character, like, gangling around. Like, at first it's fine, and then you just lose control. (laughs) <laughs> exactly, right. And that, to me, was one of the coolest things. It was, like, this soundtrack went all the way out, like, all the way crazy, like, just went totally and bonkers. And then it brought it back in, and it was, like, you couldn't – it's very intimate. It's, like, a harpsichord whistling and then a couple of background percussion, and that's it. But it's very intimate, and yet you can have something very intimate like that and very, like, kooky and crazy. And if you heard that in a movie, it would be pretty jarring if it wasn't, like, a horror scene um yeah, i don't movies, think I'd like that <laughs> right movies well the thing about movies is there's they're, they're not interactive David they're not directly interactive and the direct interactivity of video games brings a level where like you feel like you're a little more in control of the situation so you can do things which are sonically jarring to cue people right instead of just using sonic cool. jarring to scare people right sonic, j- sonically jarring or sonically surprising moments can be used to prime people a little bit more without having them jump out of their seats right sure um, and i i think in that sense like it Oh, it. Okay. Uh... <laughs> so, we'll
1: be playing Kingdom Hearts on Paradise Island, the okay, most cool, beautiful cutesy music, and then all of a sudden, like, she'll fall and she'll be like scared the crap out of herself.
3: But I assume that everything <laughs> is the worst possible scenario.
0: Yeah. 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 We have a notification
3: on our Twitch stream that just goes
0: Bring, when we get t- tips, and she. F-
3: and then a year goes past her. It hurts like, oh, her
0: okay. physically. It's just, you know, some people <laughs> aren't ready for I, it. I,
1: I do want to bring up a cool jarring thing that I recently discovered. Uh, Corey might hate me for this, but uh, Corey recently got me a Sea of Thieves game, and I've been I playing did. it with other friends, and so that's why he hates me. And not me. Yes. Um, <laughs> but they're really good about sound cues of being like, here comes the Kraken, here comes the Megalodon, oh, the here game? comes yeah. the Goshen. Yeah. But you can also play music with your friends, and if you all like, play the same Ooh, instrument, yeah. they all harmonize. You all play mm-hmm. different instruments, then you have a full band. But one thing that I discovered, which was now my favorite thing, is you can get drunk and so, if you drink and then play music, it goes. Thorn, thorn. Your just, instruments the, played poorly. It's, like yeah. guitar, it's so guitar good. Guitar I'm like, this is amazing. And so, other people who aren't drunk in the game, they're like, "What's wrong with your plans?" Like, oh, I, I'm, I drank all the grog.
4: So. Yeah, that's
6: another wonderful thing about the, the medium, right? It's it's a blessing and a curse, unfortunately, because you know, writing adaptive scores is a little bit trickier than writing something that's static. But yeah, adaptive music is an expectation now, right? Because it's just.
2: Yeah. I was just gonna
6: bring that up because, like, you yeah. you'll be walking in a
2: game. And then all of a sudden the music changes, like mm-hmm. and the the way mm-hmm. that they've seemingly done it. If you wanted mm-hmm. to, I'm I'm sorry I cut
6: you off. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, ready. you didn't cut me off. No, I was just excited that you said that. I thought of the FF Seven remake. Um, there are certain towns where you will walk through and you'll just hear it, it, it. It's actually really really cool. The same. I forget what the name of the the town was. It was like uh, the, I don't know the place where uh, gosh, gosh. remember the place where uh, Tifa gets kidnapped. Tifa and Oh, Don, Don, what's his name? What's that character's name? Oh, Don, Don Corneo. You have to go
5: undercover. Yeah,
6: there we go. Yeah. So that town, I'm pretty sure. And it'll be a single track. But Is if you wall go like, towards, um, it's part of yes, Midgar, I think it? it's wall city. I think it's well, yeah. Cause it's where you climb the wall. The wall's connected yeah. to it. But, but anywho, you know, it's a single track, but it changes, um, you know, orchestration changes an ensemble type, right? So it'll be a jazz track over in this corner. If you're by the club and then you go uh, walk by some guy with a cowboy hat and it's playing out of a small radio, that sounds like a country tune. That was, um, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, adaptive music and things that you know are, are object-based and and adjust based on where you are in the environment. And that was a, a really stark example of that. So that I much was super yeah. excited about. The first game I remember doing that in
5: a really obvious way, but like really sub, like subtle, but very like it was a big part of the game was um, Flower. Oh, uh, oh Flower.
4: yeah, because they
5: had that That's really interesting axis. layered soundtrack, and depending on how you would play the level, you would get different musical cues that would trigger. In different mm-hmm. orders. Um, and that was, uh, it was the first game I remember like noticing it in. Um, and it's done in a very smooth way. But yeah, the, the Wall City one was really cool. Um it I actually, just looked it up. It's Walmart. And Skyrim. Walmart. 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 There we go. <laughs> it's hilarious Walmart. Excuse me, you're
1: looking for Wall um, City? We're
5: Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Be, that's, a, that's
6: totally a Walmart joke, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it's gotta probably. be. It's gotta it's be. Was be. Walmart around uh, in the late 90s? I don't yeah. even know. <laughs> yeah, they've been around since yeah. the like 70s, oh, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Forever. Wally, but, World. Uh,
5: Wally World. Wally <laughs> World. Um, but um the uh uh the what was it? Oh, Oblivion, uh, Oblivion and, Skyrim. and Skyrim. Yeah, Oblivion and Skyrim actually did that as well. They have yeah. adaptive soundtracks because there's a bed of um yum, yeah, nah, 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 nah. right? Like the background bells, right? And they they layer different things on top of that. And so when you get to like an inn, you'll hear the same inn music, but it's layered on top of the outdoor exploration music, and it's like gentle. It gently transitions. It's oh,
4: it's quite nice. cool,
5: actually. It's, it's very subtle because it's such a sparse soundtrack. But I, I've played. I've Fable like does that 2500 hours into <laughs> oblivion, so <laughs> definitely well, notice a lot of things I about
4: mean,
5: Yeah, I
2: mean, another thing to kind of talk about too is the expansiveness of some things. Like, um, Jaron brought up Final Fantasy 14, in it, and that's a game that I'm currently getting into, and the oh, man, just the catalog of music that can be included now it's just like it's almost seemingly endless because like with Final Fantasy 14 like Jaren said there's references to old cues of like from older games that you're like mm-hmm. okay so you have new stuff that was made for 14 and then you have kind of remasters or remakes of the older game tunes and it's like the expansiveness of the
6: catalog is endless yeah, too it's incredible and it's more than that just too. they'll they'll take like a baseline from a track from final fantasy eight and incorporate that into a completely new track right so they'll have these little tiny easter eggs that's in like, cool these really minor ways yeah mm. um and it's funny it'll be it'll be tied to um to other themes like the reason why i'm no, because it was funny before i got to that that world uh, music area that I, I mentioned earlier i was noticing it was like a baseline from final fantasy VIII. i was like oh shoot that's this song and it didn't turn out to be that song but of course they're using all these final fantasy eight key elements references yeah. because of the Gunblade class mm, right yeah. So there's gun an example where, okay, mm. right right so that's just an example right like okay we're going to take this weapon that came from final fantasy 8 and because that's the new you know that's our that's our whatever you want to call it like banner class that we're talking about then we're going to use that soundtrack to just sort of support that and man the nostalgia factor in that game that they're able to achieve <sighs> and the way that gosh the audio plays into that is absolutely crazy and i just Get a nerd out for a minute on that game. I, like. <laughs> I just feel like, man, it's one of the the best crafted games I've ever seen. And as a returning player, I found it fascinating because it's like it's been years, right? And so going back as a casual player and just seeing how they've structured it to make that process so engaging and inviting for returning players, it was it's just yeah. Well, I the <laughs> I mean, just
2: to like a really side tangent on that because we're talking about it. The the amount of work that Square in general puts into their games like with 14 specifically it was a crap game when it came out oh yeah and they were <laughs> like and they were like yeah. for Square's like we cannot do that so they took mm-hmm. it down for a year worked on mm-hmm. it and re- re-released it
4: Whoa. And oh wow
2: so they're like we cannot have a bad Final Fantasy game <laughs> shout out to Game of mm-hmm. Thrones
6: <laughs> well, yeah yeah, and the fact that it remains subscription based is, is I mean it's uh, gets into the whole MMO I know conversation I so but. many
3: people who play that <laughs> yeah
6: um, I do want to
1: mention one thing just because uh, I haven't talked about it uh, enough at all I talked about some music things but the sound design you know how it's a little it's different than music but even though they still have you know you interface it with in the same passageway through your headphones mm-hmm, or sure. hearing it um, but like one game in particular that I felt was so like it, you know, I think I had to grow for a moment. The roof blew off of, like, sound design was uh This is, I think, a controversial game, actually, because I think a lot of people did not like it, and then a lot of people loved it. And I was in one of the people who loved it, Gone Home, Um, mm. because a lot of people felt they were sold a different, a different game. And so yeah. oh, I 100% I that get that. Game. Tom um, got me to play it. But I really enjoyed it, and it's all first-person. You're walking through, and you're kind of just figuring things out. And the font, the artwork, it makes you think it's a horror game, and they have these cues, you know, like just the
2: tension, you hear like this droning, like coming behind and you. And you hear random, you hear this random like, hey. Wh- whisper. Hey, hello. Yeah,
4: Whispers. Oh. But there's and nobody like, there. And you're like. It, but
1: it, there yeah. there are ways you can't, you can't progress unless you find a certain thing. And then as you get to the point where it's like, cool, I just unlocked this new place. Oh, great. It's an attic. And then you climb up the attic and then it's like mm. and then you're like, I, 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 if I leave, the music's just going to start back up once I'm there. And so yeah. like the way that they designed tension for you to, in this game that I'm not gonna say the spoiler, but it, it's there to subvert you. Um I thought was just like, wow. I played it, I think it took me like three hours and I was like, oh wow.
3: It's a wow, game.
5: Wow. Yeah. Very surprised. Very, very I, I surprised. I'll also say and I'm Jaren, you might I'm be able to it. You <laughs> might be able to speak to this better than I can, Jaren, but um In a lot of, my experience has been that a lot of smaller games, by which I mean basically anything that's not a Ubisoft, you know, Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty, like none of the big games. Activision, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, A lot of the games that are not those massively, hugely funded games are actually, there's more overlap between what the sound designer and the composer does than you might expect. Especially for games that don't. (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes it's the same person. Sometimes the, <laughs> the person doing the composing is the same person doing the sound design. So that's wow. one reason why they're remarkably well integrated in a lot of games, especially games that have fairly low budgets, is because the person doing both is is the same. Um, wow. you know, well, the especially now that THQ that sort of and a, a lot of the medium-sized studios are gone. There's not yeah. teams like there used to be, except at mm. the big studios.
4: Mm-hmm.
6: What were you saying,
5: Jaron? I'm sorry.
6: Oh, no, I was just saying that the tools for integrating that sort of thing are, are, I won't call them intuitive, but they're, I mean, just so much more powerful than they used to be, right? So it's really not that hard to start integrating sound design and and music and stuff like that. And, you know, if you're talking about implementation, you're generally going to (laughs) have one person responsible for both implementing the music and the sound design both, right? Because you're going to have this giant, whether it's a WISE project or FMOD, you're going to have this gigantic archive of things that you have to keep track of. And if you have multiple people in there doing that, you're going to have a hard time. Uh, especially when you start integrating it from FMOD into Unity or whatever your engine happens to be. Yeah. But but sounds is, is a lot of fun though.
5: Yeah. Oh, it's 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 really fun. Have you seen Have you guys seen the video of them doing the Mortal Kombat sounds? Yeah, like, ripping
6: apart peppers yep. with oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, close up shotgun mics to yeah. do no. the death sounds. Dude. So, so the approach the sound. to sound design, right? Like what, what I think is, is super fascinating, Grover, like, cause again, that video where I think you opens your eyes to what it is. Like you think, okay, I have to make a fire sound or something. And you know that you can't just like light a fire and record <laughs> that. Right. So you have to start thinking about all of the different elements that make up a fire sound, right? Like, is there going to yeah. be a crackling sound? Is there going to be a whooshing sound? But like, there are all these different components that you need to layer. And so it's really fun to kind of think like, I think uh, if we had uh, do like a Explosion, or it was like a, a fire magic effect, and I had this uh, like a Tupperware full of uh, mixed nuts, and I like wait a minute, and I turned it on its side and went, like <laughs> oh, so there's mixed nuts in our fire zone oh, no, now. <laughs> all, all kinds of random stuff like that. So it, yeah, it's it's a blast. And,
5: and the um, interesting thing is, oftentimes, um, this is just a side note. Uh, the sound that like lighting a lighter under a microphone, it doesn't sound like lighting a lighter under microphone right. it sounds totally different like if you don't have the visual cue and if you do like it does not sound like what you would think it would sound yeah like. um huh. and it's it's very all the little you, details yeah you have to get an ear for texture you know some people have really good ears mm-hmm. for pitch and harmony some people have really good ears for rhythm there's also an ear for texture um i'm a nerd so i'm interested in this kind of stuff but I like mean, you're people accepted. who are really oh, People who are really, um, like I it is nerd on, right? People yes. who are really talented at this um, have a good ear for texture. They can, they can, uh, it's kind of like old synthesizer guys, like can listen to sound and they're like, oh yeah, it's like a square sign saw triple oscillator with a VCA that's doing this and blah, like they can tell you all the settings for what yeah. it is and how to replicate it. And you put it in and you're like, what the heck? That's like <laughs> actually what it is. Um, but yeah, you know, like listening to sound design um, it's the same thing, right? It's like, oh, that's probably like someone tearing a pepper apart, or like mm-hmm. you you see that you need to make a sound of like someone swinging a sword, and it it sounding as if it's cutting through air, which swords don't actually really sound like that in real life, right? right? Unless you swing them very hard, and uh, yeah. you know, how do you make you don't that sound, swing right? swords how do you make that really hard? Sound? Um, well, <laughs> I do, but maybe some people don't. Yeah. <laughs> There's um, a lot of decapitated plants in my apartment. I just I <laughs> wanted to talk to
2: that fact a, a little bit too because. Um, because I went to audio school and I had I I grabbed this book because this is the mm. sound effects bible. Sound
5: effects bible.
2: Um, nice. But in that in the class that this came with, they they really they talked about that. It, it's like a reverse engineering of where you're. Yeah. You can do it with music where you're like, oh, okay, I see that they 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 did that. Then they panned it. Oh, okay, they're kind of using an EQ here. Mm-hmm. But like with sound design, you can kind of listen to it and like you specifically, you mentioned the lighter. And um, shout out to a friend of the show, Jeff Nimoy. I worked on his film. And there's a moment in the film where he uses a Bic lighter and he lights a cigarette. And in sound design and Foley, I'll always try the actual thing, the actual like item. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I have a Bic lighter. I'm going to try this. Ah, it doesn't I mean, translate. So you, don't,
0: so you don't waste four hours and then come back yeah. and be like, I could have done this the whole time. And cool. it doesn't
2: translate. So what I did was I grabbed a one of those, you know those cameras that yeah. um, oh. the they, they make that.
3: With sh- the wheel sh- and the, you with have the wheel. To,
2: disposables. The old, yeah, like, disposable cameras. Yeah, I just did a quick turn of that and it translated better. And I was yeah. like, wow. Yeah. And so it's like you never know what it, it might be where it's like, oh, okay, that's actually like that's actually like yeah. brushing on a cymbal or that's uh it's just flicking a glass yeah. or something
5: like that where it's like mm-hmm. you just analyze I, it crunching celery it's true yeah. it's true <laughs> i always whenever i have to do fires like crackling fire sounds i grab a sheet of paper yeah every mm. time oh. Oh, cellophane's an old that's an old yeah, radio yeah, trick yeah cellophane is an old one as well right yeah um yeah. there's tons of tons of tricks tons yeah. of cool tricks
2: um before we kind of reach the the end of the show i i kind of wanted to kind of round robin of Maybe like a really quick, tiny list of like your favorites. Don't have to go in detail, just like a tiny list, like like a million. Yeah, like like a million, (laughs) your million favorites. (laughs) Like like, tiny is relevant. Two to three of like your favorites that immediately jump to mind. Like I know with Corey, it's Halo's probably on there. (laughs) Yeah. And Josh is. (laughs) Are we talking about just sound design or music or what? Just, I mean, just the soundscape of the game soundtrack or whatever yeah i mean
0: halo is for sure probably top of my list i mean it's it's hard to you know it's hard when you found the thing that that kind of opened your world to it and it's still a relevant (laughs) franchise today uh and there's still you know i was playing we were playing uh through halo four the other day and i'm still just like still get they still get it with that with the music and the sound design like this is still you know they introduced an entire new set of weapons into halo 4 and the design for those weapons like i could tell you which one it was with my eyes closed which is like really impressive thing to do um so halo and then like i don't know any any old nintendo 64 game or i, I have a, a soft spot for or like tom knows this i loved gauntlet dark legacy <laughs> like the it, it, the the soundtrack to that the sound effects and the, the catchphrases of all the different characters is just like burned into my psyche forever where it's like I'll I'll hear someone say batter up and I, I immediately think of Dark Legacy the Jester <laughs> was just like batter up every time you would attack and uh you know it had this like really crunchy dark soundtrack and it, it, it felt like this kind of you know, underdog type of game from, from the get go. And it's just kind of, yeah, it's dark and it's gritty and it's, you know, you're going to save the world and you're swinging a giant ax around <laughs> or casting magic spells. It's, it's a really wonderful experience.
1: Um, I'll go next. Um, I'd probably say Pokemon and all honesty, honestly, like, I think Pokemon mm-hmm. was like so big for me. Like, uh, gym battles. You know, it's like, hey, does your mother know you're gone? Battle. It's like, oh my god! <laughs> you know, like, how? How? Why would you ask me this question? I'm playing a game. You know, I've been guys. out here catching bugs. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And the, it's just, or like okay. the sound of like poison or your Pokemon about to die, and then the, the, they're about to, You're like, oh, this, is, this is so stressful. Um, but <laughs> Do my shorts um,
5: look weird. Let's battle. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's just like you're you're adopting your parents still love you let's battle yeah, it's, <laughs> like, <laughs> Kinder,
5: it's like kindergartners ask you like yeah. Yeah. their hat is too um, lads what? What? lads oh, they're lads that, uh, that <laughs> lads. and then <laughs> um,
1: actually Mario Kart 64 cool. I think was big for me um, mm-hmm. you know when you have that golden mushroom and then you're you know using Toad because you know they're the light character and just yeah, yeah, yeah! It's just like just just jamming that button. You're just like, oh my god, this is so annoying. But like, there's iconic <laughs> things like getting the like the box and then shooting like uh, the blue shell. Like those are all very iconic things for oh, me. But uh, that's 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 mine. Pass the mic.
2: Wants to take. I'll go. Uh, obviously, I've already mentioned Final Fantasy 7 but another big one is The Last of Us. The mm. Last of Us Part One mm. and Two. The soundtrack mm. Mm, is Chef's Kiss. Like. The, the composer, Gustavo, like, I'm a sucker for acoustic guitar used with, uh, like, orchestra. I'm just, like, a sucker for it. And, like, that it's a beautiful soundtrack that just... The story is already great, but you add the soundtrack to it, and it's just a full experience. and And Days Gone, like I mentioned, it was just, like, a... It was another one that was... It was a couple of years ago, so it was... It had a a slew of different kinds of stuff, from orchestra to even kind of folk um, sounding stuff, and all that kind of thing stuff. But yeah, those are mine.
3: Mm Kaylin. So we already kind of talked about Journey and Spyro and brought up Skyrim. So one that kind of sticks out in my mind is Slime Rancher. all of the slimes has a, have a very individual sound. Their plorts have an individual sound. Plorts, they're plorts. Um, the, Yes, they're, they're little poops that you collect and sell for money. They're called <laughs> plorts. You're a poop merchant. Um, yeah, you're a plort merchant. Um, a poop smith. <laughs> uh, poop smith. Um, and then, like, when you go through different areas, the music changes and just all of it. And it doesn't get annoying because there was also like 20 of them in a little box making little slime sounds. And somehow I don't hate the sound of it, even if you have, like, the little cat slimes, and they're like, meow. And there's, a, like, <laughs> 30 of them, and you still don't hate them. Somehow, okay. the sound design is so good that you don't hate them.
2: Because you're a poop monger.
3: Yeah. Well, yes, I knew monger. a lady who
0: had 30 cats, and she liked all of them, too. That makes sense. You're a caca connoisseur.
6: Sorry. Mm. <laughs>
3: wow, this is going to go down a dark road real quick. <laughs> Sorry.
6: <laughs> Next. What about you're you, over? Jared? Uh, yeah. Jared? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, short and sweet. I think I'd have to go with composer. It's a little hard for me to like, you know, pick the specific game because there's so many. But um, Yoko Kano's, by far, by far, it has been one of my primary inspirations, my pretty much my whole life, because uh, she does everything and she does everything perfectly. It's yeah. pretty in- insane. It doesn't really matter what genre it is. Uh, and then of course uh, Nobu uh, Oimatsu from, you know, Final Fantasy fan. I like how you just went. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. <laughs>
4: yeah (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't require
6: a lot of explanation and then uh, i think Yasunori mitsuda as well the chrono cross guy um, Mm. you know gary's all that stuff i mean it's it's weird to me that all of my primary musical influences if i really think about it are are these japanese composers but like what can i say that was that was what i was watching and that's the content i was consuming right like the cowboy bebop soundtrack my god like that Uh. was that was the soundtrack for like every jazz kid in high school or middle school. Like, oh, so <laughs> let's play tank. Tell okay. me,
1: tell me, since you talk about, uh, uh, Cowboy Bebop, any Samurai Champloo?
6: Oh yeah. So yeah, Samurai Champloo and, uh, mm-hmm. Cowboy Bebop were kind of my, my two, the first anime that I Under purchased 20. DVDs for. Any, any yeah. new jobbies? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. New Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. We, we love New It's mm-hmm. Actually, my my wife is the mm-hmm. one who uh, introduced me to him.
4: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, man. And, and the, the, the
6: lo fi thing, lo fi thing is, yeah. is incredible. Rory and Dance him, is that.
1: my favorite song of all time.
6: Mm-hmm. It's just I used part, to work in a warehouse together, and
0: that's all we would have on our, on the, on through playing through the warehouse with New Job the whole, whole day, pretty much. Either that wow. or like lo fi remixes You're of welcome. Studio Ghibli films. You're welcome.
5: What about you, Grover? Mm. I thought of so many while I was sitting here and being like, which ones should I talk about? Uh, I think for me, Flower was a big soundtrack because it was just, it's minimalist music and the way it was done and the way it was integrated, right? It was like, just really got me. Yeah. And I'm like a, I'm a pianist and I just love the the, uh, third level, I think, where it's just, it's just very, uh, yeah. That was just a soundtrack that really resonated with me. And it makes you focus um, on it too. It does. It does. It's very like it suits the. It suits what's going on in the level. It's very the final level where you're pur- purifying the city. Very um,
6: purifying the city into- sounds like a really bad thing to do. <laughs> 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 but you're a f- you're a wind. It's okay. You're flower. You can yeah. You're like a flower. Don't
3: dragon. don't spoil it. Um,
5: <laughs> you're, you're, anyways, yeah. uh, I, I went there to too, Darren.
6: <laughs> everybody <laughs> here is me. allergic to pollen. Amazing. <laughs>
5: Um, for me, two, two, two actually stand out. All the ones, I mean, Spire and all that other stuff we've talked about, Oblivion all that. Um, I put twenty six hundred hours into Oblivion, so that music oh my. is So you liked in my, it in my brain? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually wrote some of the Elder Scrolls Wiki articles about like, bugs and uh-huh. stuff like that. <laughs> I didn't know that you know, awesome. about you. <laughs> yeah, I was in there. We're, we're all learning so today. Um, um, actually, but, uh, <laughs> two that really come to me are um, the Sly Cooper series uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. because sound was such a big part of setting the mood, and you would gain new skills, and it would give Mission. you sound cues when you were fighting bosses that told you that you had to use certain skills to, to defeat them and, you no. know, to solve puzzles and things like that, Uh, and the atmosphere. It wasn't a soundtrack where I necessarily remember specific things about it, but it was a soundtrack where I remember the impact of, like, being in the environment so much. And I I really love that from, like, a a soundtrack being invisible, but really, really enhancing what was going on. That was cool to me. Um, Because before that, I had played a lot of games that had really catchy, memorable soundtracks. But that game, I was like, I don't remember the soundtrack, but I remember the soundtrack being awesome. Um, And that's (laughs) really... That took my musical understanding of that to like a different level when I was a kid. I was like, oh, that's like audio can be invisible mm-hmm. as well. Oh. Um, and then another one was uh, Sonic Adventure Battle 2. Yes, cross yes.
4: <laughs> Live and um, learn!
5: Yeah, yeah. The Escape from the City, of course. <sighs> yeah. Which is, uh, you know, iconic. Rolling around it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah um, and then uh, the Chow Garden music. and oh, like Chow. You know. Throwing just, those guys the against the wall those, all the time. Those environments was so um was so cool, so memorable. God, I love Green too. Hill Zone. It's one of my favorites. Green Hill Zone is so good. I can listen to remixes of it all the time. Have you heard?
1: Um, I don't know if it, it, this might be like it's kind of old by the time I'm mentioning it. The Daystorm rap of it.
5: Oh uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I was like when I heard, it, I was like, oh.
1: Oh, this is, I,
5: I like this. That was this. such a cool Wild West, like that, two, again, 2008 to 2010, or it was like 2006 to 2012, 2014, was like mm-hmm. such a Wild West of the internet and yeah. culture and game culture. Before and, copyright and was stuff. hella hard. Before, yeah, before <laughs> big corporations took over the internet. And
1: I, I did like a, a Halloween short in, in high school mm-hmm. trying to get my filmmaking craft up, and I ended up taking the score from Silent Hill. And then putting it into the Ooh. Halloween thing. And I was like, this could be cool. And then, again, that was the Wild Wild West. So you, all the rules were there. You're just like, I'll oh, just take all it and then that put was, it and then make a thing. A yeah,
6: you could this do whole anything. time, and I completely forgot about the Silent Hill. Silent Fox Hill! Yeah. My God. How could I? <laughs> yeah, so no, good. talk about a creepy soundtrack and incredible sound design that just makes you feel uncomfortable for hours. Yeah, <laughs> But it's, but it, but it's beautiful it in a way. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that, the, that da, yeah, da, da, uh-huh. da. that haunting kind of pretty mixed with weird industrial. Yeah, I, I, yeah, for sure. I should have listed that because that's, that's. incredible. <laughs> I yeah. have failed I myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, real quick, I, I have always wanted to ask you guys this. Ooh. what does what is the origin of the company name Odyssey? What does it oh. mean?
6: Yes, it is, uh, it's a play on words. So the story goes that uh, in the garage where the company started, uh, there was a nice. poster of 2001, a Space Odyssey, hanging on the wall. And uh, we're not notoriously great at coming up with names, so I think they just sort of looked at that and were like, well, we need a name. And uh, this poster's here, so they combined the word audio and uh, the word Odyssey <laughs> and then threw a Z in there for, for fun, and then we got Odyssey. Cool.
2: <laughs> now, Perfection.
6: That story's well, even better.
4: <laughs> Perfection.
2: <laughs> Perfection. Uh, makes well, me so happy. <laughs> Grover and Jaron, thank you so much for joining us. Um, oh, this was fun. This is a lot of this fun. This
3: was great. Um, yeah, I learned having having so much. So much information. Just can't everywhere. I can't say Sonic
1: Palette a lot now.
3: There you yeah. go. Yeah, me too. Uh, You're welcome. Use the word
4: textual
5: granularity. Can you just send me these? These are like
1: hot words, and I'm here for it
0: i feel yeah, like to like use Eric them where he's just <laughs> uh, all the fireworks going off in my
2: brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> those are
1: like five dollar words, and mm.
2: yeah. Uh, so, where would you like our? What would you like our audience to check out? Like, I know that you guys have some new products.
6: Like, the stage is yours. Yeah. Well, you know. I, God, I mean Penrose, Mobius, really, I think are the two. Those are the two. I really just the big choose. We're all like yeah.
3: scrambling because we're like, look, just, look, look! Yeah. It's right here. We I have mean, it. I mean, just
6: just for gaming, you know, it's hard to, it's really hard to beat them. Why I on streams? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just really, I mean, our entire catalog is full of, of wonderful, wonderful products. But uh, I think the most successful ones and relevant to uh, to gaming and, and all that sort of thing would be those two for sure. And if you ever want to hear surround sound in a headphone. Um, oh of course, the LCD one, which all these guys are wearing as well, it's another huge one. Also super accessible, folds up, fits in mm-hmm. that little thing. So that's fantastic. Um, yeah, I mix all of our, our the video versions. I, I I edit everything with these.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's
6: awesome. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, I. I, I that's a big one too. I think I wish more people would would believe and know that the LCD ones are are fantastic for that oh purpose because they really, really are, especially at that price point. It's like, what? Yeah, there's nothing else that you. Can, I use yeah. these for.
3: I use these for uh, working on Netflix projects too. Wow.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. we
5: actually have Pixel Logic does a lot of QCing for surround mixes for Netflix on mm-hmm. uh, Mobius I have, mm-hmm. headphones. I have mixed trailers, 5.1 trailers on the Mobius. Mm-hmm. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's Honestly, great. as an all-around headphone, I have to say, as someone who's an audio professional, audiophile, gamer, does also work have to work on five point one. Like I have a great studio setup, but I don't have space uh, or mm-hmm. money for a surround setup in my studio. So the Mobius is a godsend because I can work on surround uh, and ambisonic stuff and know that I'm, you know,
4: yeah, hearing it's what I'm supposed to be
5: hearing, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, low distortion and good frequency response.
2: And uh, um, you guys also,
5: I mean, like you mentioned earlier, you stream on Twitch. Mm-hmm. We do. So, twitch.tv slash odyssey LLC. We're also on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash odyssey uh, Instagram is probably our, like, most active platform, but we are also on Twitter and Facebook. Um, we'll let you know when we go live. We're typically live 1 p.m. Pacific Time, Wednesdays. Uh, and that's usually a gaming-related stream with Q and A, and then Fridays 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, also live. Usually doing production and um, music or you know audio production-related streams. Awesome. Uh, on no, Fridays no. and then check
6: out the newsletter too. If you just hop on the homepage mm-hmm. of uh, the website and scroll down, that's a good one too, especially if you want to get a sale because our stuff tends yeah. to sell out basically right after we immediately like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much
3: It's like so yeah. immediate.
6: Yeah. Yeah. And it's always from the newsletter too. So if you really want to be on top of stuff, the newsletter is the place to go.
2: Nice. Nice. Awesome. Uh, thank thank everybody so at much. home. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed reach out to us, uh, whether it's social media, uh, nerd on TV, is our handle on everything. Uh, reach out to us. Uh, tell us your experience with audio, d- uh, the soundtracks, sound design, anything with gaming. Reach out to us. Join that Discord. Nerdon.tv backslash Discord. There is a gaming channel in there. There's even a music channel in there. Let's talk. Let's continue the conversation. Um, and Like I said at the top, consider joining that Nerdon Nation. It does allow us to grow and be the best that we can be. Upgrade our our quality for you we dig it um stop by rate and review us wherever you listen uh subscribe share us with your friends your family you guys
3: you guys yeah, caitlin oh. what's up whenever when like you're playing a final fantasy game and you go up against a boss and it's like a, a a big old boy and you're yeah, like oh my you. god i don't yeah. know what i'm gonna do for and sure. then you one shot it and the victory music plays and you're sitting there holding your controller like I didn't know that I had level grinded enough for this
4: experience.
3: I did. That's yeah. what getting a review is like for us. Like yeah. that, hearing the victory music. Yeah. And just like living in that. We get it and we
2: like hear
3: grateful shock. Exactly. So that's what <laughs> we swing will our sword happen when we read your reviews. Yeah. yeah. Ken, so, that was beautiful, Kaylin. Yes. Yeah, thank you. That was
2: thank nice. Thank you, Kaylin. Nice. nice, nice, nice. from the heart. Just like that. Um, but, uh, thank you so much for listening or watching if you're on YouTube. Uh, but that has been this week's episode. You know the drill. As always, Nerd On!
4: Ending broadcast.